Welcome back to our next episode of Polyphony. We are in episode three of season two, and we are talking with uh, a couple of folks from various groups about competitions and how they're approaching the competition season this year, whether they're approaching it at all. So we're speaking with Kabir Ali from VCU Ramifications, Ali McDonald-Taylor from the Exeter Illuminations, and Katie Leonard from the University of Oregon's Mind the Gap. And here is our host for this evening, Aaron. Thanks, Rachel. I appreciate it. Katie, let's start with you from Mind the Gap. Give us a little bit of context. So the last year or two, what, if anything, have you done in the kind of the competitions realm? Has that been part of what Mind the Gap's been about in recent history? Well, yeah. The year that I got into the group was actually the year where COVID started in the spring. So I was really just getting into the group. The last thing that we did before COVID was go to LAF, the Los Angeles Acapella Festival. And we were gearing up to go to Boca because we were nominated for a CARA award. And we were all really excited about that and preparing for that. And then COVID happened. So... It was really tough for us. So I think going into the pandemic year, our goal was to make an impact however we could. And we saw that as virtual competition as our outlet to make an impact. So we decided to compete virtually in ICCA last year. How for you was the experience of the virtual competition versus the, I hesitate to say, quote unquote, real thing, but perhaps for the the in-person flavor? Yeah, it was a much more personal, hands-on experience. You know, preparing for an in-person competition, it's definitely in-house a lot, but there are a lot of other people working behind the scenes with you. But we really relied on each other a lot more. We had more in-house talents come to light, everyone who could choreograph, everyone who could do videography. Yeah, so we that was definitely the main difference between in-person and virtual. We really had to rely on each other, and it got tough at times, but... How do you feel like, given that insourcing that you did affected the outcome, the the product that you were putting out on the other side? There were pros and cons because we had to hold each other accountable and that either brought out the best of us or the worst of us. And (laughs) it was mostly the best of us, I will say. But with everything going on, a lot of people had personal issues last year and it was really hard on them to have to pour all of this creative energy while simultaneously dealing with the stuff on the back burner. So if anything, it just really made me appreciate how much of a community we are and how capable we are of these very difficult things in these very difficult times. Yeah, for sure. Kabir, how how about you for the ramifications? Give us a little context of kind of where you've been as well as a group. Yeah, so last year... We were, before COVID hit, we were actually gearing up to move on to semifinals, and I, which was a huge accomplishment for us because we were the first group from our school to ever do that. So we were really excited, but then obviously the pandemic happened. So we kind of took a break for a little bit, but we knew that we wanted to do ICCAs again. So we started planning really early, and we were able to compete in ICCAs, the virtual version, last year. Which was, like Katie said, like a lot different for us in terms of in-person versus virtual, just because it's a different skill set. You know, usually you just have like your arrangers, your choreographers, and then people learn everything. But, you know, this time around, we had to have videographers, editors, you know, mixers for the audio. And that 
allowed a lot of different people in our group to shine as forefronts of the group, which was really cool to see. And we ended up going to finals, which was really exciting. And we did really well at finals, in my opinion. And also, again, first group from our school to make it to finals. And I believe from our state too. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, just really exciting, really exciting for our group and really happy with what our video came up to be. By leveraging some new skills from within the group, was the competition cycle a driver for folks to improve or develop new skills? Or did they kind of bring their existing talents to the things like mixing and videography? I mean, was it a sharpener of those skills or were those skills kind of already in the group before you started? Yeah, that's a great question. So a little bit of both. Our assistant music director, his name's Philip Anders. He actually works for a production studio. He's a rapper as well. So he loves doing all that stuff, loves producing. So for him, it was a bit of sharpening his skills to be catered to acapella and what we wanted. He really enjoyed that. And then last year, our music director, Annie Lacey, she had to learn how to video edit because no one else knew how. So thankfully, our school VCU offered video editing classes. So she signed up for some and then ended up getting best video, best arrangement multiple times throughout the competition. So really, our, our group is really proud of her. But thankfully, also some of our new members we got last year had some experience in video editing. So that was also a really big help. So yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. Are the, the skills that she learned in the videography process and going through and taking classes and that sort of thing continuing to be something that either she pursues independently or that she's pursuing with the group? Or I mean, does that have a long tail in terms of those skills? Yeah. So our group has actually, we've produced music videos before. So we kind of know first step to last step for the process of making a music video. But for Annie, she's actually now working as a freelancer for video editing. So for anyone listening, if you have any uh, projects <laughs> for her, you can definitely email us and we'll send them to her. But yeah, so she's now doing some freelancing and looking into doing video editing and music video stuff full time, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. So Ollie, your group's competition history is really fascinating to me because of the sort of TV competition legacy of the Illuminations and all of those sorts of pieces, as well as then ICCA and other things as well. And so I wonder for you, you know, in the more recent times that since you've been in the group, kind of what the Illuminations thoughts have been around competition, but also, you know, I, I want to talk more in a minute about kind of the, the legacy and how it ties back to some more sort of significant competition history. But sort of more recently, what's going on with the group in that regard? So I'm, I'm now in my third year and in my first year, which was 2019, 2020, we competed in the ICCAs and we got through to the UK finals, which was in London. It was actually, it's very surreal because at the time people were just sort of starting to take COVID seriously. So obviously we all went up to London and I remember they had specific, at this time we were kind of all like, oh, it will be fine. It'll all be over very soon. And the theatre had a very specific, like we all had to have our own individual pop shields for the microphones. So we all basically took them off and they used the same microphones for everyone. So we had to have our own individual pop shields, which we kept with us. And I think I've still got mine somewhere. I kept it as a memento. I mean, the fact that we got to the finals was a great achievement for the group. And it was an amazing experience for me because it was my, in my first year uh, and my sort of introduction to the acapella. Whole, and then obviously a couple of weeks later, we were gearing up to start our next project, which would have been our Edinburgh Fringe show. And we all got sent home from uni. Everyone had to go back. And then, so last year, we did do the virtual ICCAs. And we were very fortunate in the fact that we had a group member who had some experience doing video editing and stuff. So a guy called Nikong, who has graduated now, 
but he took a leading role in doing our video and stuff. We all had to do that all individually. We were kind of given a very specific set of things to film for ourselves to make all the, to take all the different shots and things. But it was a lot more, like Katie was saying, a lot more on kind of your own back as opposed to doing it together as a more collaborative process. It was still, obviously, it wasn't remotely as fun as doing it, you know, performing all together because it is not the same. It's never going to compare. But it was still an enjoyable process. And I think I can't actually remember what the outcome of it was, but we all sort of, we all watched it together at the time because things have obviously restrictions in the UK are slightly different to and have been throughout um, you know without the, we're at the risk of getting too political slightly uh, dubious decisions at times but yeah this year we are planning on competing in person in theory hopefully obviously nothing changing from between now and then that should go ahead but in sort of talking about the we're talking about the sky the sky one program the uh, the acapella uh, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to I'd like to circle back to that in a minute. I, I w- wonder though, as you were going through the recent years of participating in the in-person version and then the virtual version, what you feel like the differences were in the product at the end of that in terms of kind of, did you feel like the group got to the same place musically through the, the two different cycles? Oh, I mean, the in-person one was for us certainly was a far better because it went from, it was instead of it being three songs which we'd spent two uh, effectively two terms worth of uh, you know what two uh, yeah two semesters you'd probably say of, of, of school of, of work working on all together in the rehearsal room we had you know a lot less time everyone going over their parts individually not having that input from the person who arranged it all of that stuff and only doing one song as well so I definitely think the product was it was obviously it was different we were limited by the fact that we're you know we're students we're not professional videographers so the product could only be as good as the equipment we had available to us lots of us didn't have mics and at the time of recording we weren't in a position where we could you know go over to someone else's house to record it we all had to be done on our own i think i wound up recording mine our song was diamonds by sam smith and i had to sit in my wardrobe and put a, a duvet over over the door to sort of kind of make a makeshift sound booth. So obviously the quality of that was as good as we could get it, but it's ne- couldn't didn't get close to what we were able to achieve in person. And I think that was kind of reflected on in how we knew that going in. We knew we weren't going to be. Able, we did, I think, an amazing job given what we were having to deal with. Obviously, in terms of doing it all from home, and I think all the groups did really good jobs. I watched a lot of the other ones in our rounds and stuff, and everyone did a really good job. The videos were great. Nice. Katie, I wonder for you, what draws Mind the Gap back to competition? You know, you talked about it kind of being almost sort of a certainty as a part of what the group does on a regular basis, and I wonder why. What's the value of that for the group? Mind the Gap's mission really is to outreach to the community and be a group that just likes to be with people. I know I certainly am, and that's why I joined the group. I find it as a safe haven. So being able to make those connections are really important for us. Though this year, we're still contemplating whether or not we're going to compete. I know the ICCA deadline is, I think it's like October 15th or something like that. Currently, we have eight group members. So it's not looking too likely that we'll make that deadline. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And rehearsals haven't started for us yet. Our first week of school is next week. So we'll be starting rehearsals next week. So obviously that deadline's a little sharp for us. So, but 
back to the question, competition is really just an opportunity for all of us to grow all of our individual musicianships together and really create something great. And having all of those talents that we got to showcase last year when we really had to, with a bit more leniency and collaboration, since we're all seeing each other on a regular basis. Ollie. We're in a kind of in a similar boat in the fact we're li- we, we're, we're holding our auditions at the moment. We're, so we, we currently have five group members. Wow. Uh, so we are, but that's, we're in that position every year. Like we always start off with, you know, less and we, so the ICCS is always kind of the first thing we're building towards, but it is a bit daunting, especially now that I'm in a leadership role thinking we've got to get a certain number of members in, and then get them up to speed in order to send off our first round. But it should be fun, a fun challenge. He says with a forced smile on his face. Kabir, what were you going to say? Yeah, so since everyone's sharing uh, that information, um, we thankfully VCU classes have started, I think we're in our fourth week now. Yeah, oh, wow. so we were able to have our auditions about late August and our callbacks, I think, September 3rd. But we, I thought... Our group was starting with like low numbers. We started this year with nine people and thankfully now we're at 18. So we were able to find nine really cool people, but it sucks to hear that y'all's groups are small in numbers right now. That's really stressful because I'm also, this is my first year as music director of my group. And so I thought I was like really stressed out, but power to you for sure. (laughs) Kabir, what's the the competition decision-making process like for the ramifications in terms of deciding, setting numbers aside about logistical things? It's also, it seems like there are pros and cons to wanting to throw your hat in that ring. What do you guys kind of consider through that process? Are you asking about our process of making decisions for competitions? Whether to do it. Yeah. Whether to, to do the ICCA each year or, or obviously there are some periods where it doesn't happen and, and recently where it does. What's the thought around that? Yeah. So our basically mission, I guess is what we would call it, of ramifications is that we are honestly just a group of people who all go to an art school. Like uh, VCU, for those who don't know, is primarily an art school in the States. So we all go to an art school. We all know what we signed up for. And so we're just a group of people who go to an art school who want to do something creative. And then we end up always getting people who are insanely competitive too. So it's never a question of whether or not we're going to do it. It's more of like, how are we going to pull this off? So yeah, there's going into this year, there was no question about if we were going to do ICCAs. We've actually already picked our set and I've already started arranging it. So our process, we usually pick songs over the summer and then I start and finish them around October, November. Well, I do, not previous years, but yeah. So this year, I'm really confident that we're going to do well, hopefully. But yeah, in terms of decision making and all that stuff, it's usually so if a majority of people didn't want to do it this year for whatever reason, we wouldn't have done it. But like I said, we really like ICCAs and what they stand for and the collab and the crossroads of like choreography and music and giving a message through performance is something that we're really interested in. So, yeah. Katie, you had you had mentioned a bit ago that you were sort of a little bit on the fence about doing it this year. And obviously some of that was numbers. But I, I wonder kind of the same question as for Kabir. What's the decision calculus behind any year, whether to do it or not? Because there are always trade-offs with any of those decisions about spending a lot of time and a lot of effort and resources towards something means not doing other things conceivably. So I wonder what what your thoughts. Well, for us, there were so many different projects and ideas that were brainstormed over the pandemic, different 
things we wanted to do in the community, different clubs we wanted to interact with, lots of talk of recording songs and arranging new pieces. And I think so much has been placed at the forefront rather than competition. And unlike Kabir, we at University of Oregon is very much a school for all different types of people. A lot of people come here for law or business. I'm here for family and human services and sociology. I mean, we don't know who we're going to get or how many people we're going to get. So I think right now, especially starting this late in the year, the biggest thing that we're focusing on is everyone being on the same page and committing to the same thing. And I know signing up a bunch of people the following week after they auditioned for a competition season is a little <laughs> daunting. So I think the biggest thing, especially for retention of group members, is to make sure we're all on the same page doing what we want to do. And that usually is competition, but this year, focusing more on rebuilding the structure of Mind the Gap is what we're most focused on. Yeah. And, and doesn't have to be competition, right? It can be, but isn't necessarily. For sure. Well, we have so many more exciting things to talk about. We're going to take a short break. Stick with us. And on the other side, we're going to be talking about topics like what makes for a better or worse competition experience for these folks? And are there ways to craft a competition that helps sort of accommodate these issues? So we'll be back in just a few minutes with Kabir, Ali, and Katie, and with Aaron. Stick with us. Every week for an hour, we turn over the airwaves to the craziest people around, our listeners. Fortunately, they also have the best taste. Hear it all each week on the Requests and Dedications Hour. You pick tunes in the app or on the website, and we play them every Thursday at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, and again Sunday at 2 p.m. East, 11 a.m. West. Around the world, catch it Saturdays at noon London time, 8 p.m. Tokyo time. We'll be playing the tunes you pick and having a great time doing it. And we are back. We are talking with Katie Leonard from University of Oregon's Mind the Gap, Ali McDonald-Taylor from the Exeter Illuminations, and Kabir Ali from the VCU Ramifications, and we're talking about competitions. Here is Aaron. Thanks, Rachel. Ali, I, I want to talk about the sort of comparison and contrast with something like fringe for you as well as competition, because it seems like one of the, some of the virtues that people talk about around competitions, that it's an intensive bonding experience that has a, an impressive product at the end. There's a lot of, you know, those sorts of things also apply to something like doing two weeks or three weeks or four weeks at fringe. How do those kind of compare and contrast those experiences? How are they similar versus different for the group? I mean, I obviously personally, so I'm in my first year, obviously I got to do the ICCAs and we got to the UK final which was an incredible experience and it was yeah but the bonding experience of that going up to we all stayed at a group members house who lived in London uh, so we all stayed together and then we all did obviously we did the show on massive high we weren't getting to the finals for us was an amazing achievement so we were Huge. we had no expectations going in we were basically there just to have fun uh, and we did we had an amazing time and then fringe obviously we were supposed to do that that year as well but that got cancelled due to covid right. and then last last year it was a real touch and go all throughout the year so we weren't really able to do anything and then towards kind of may april things started to things got opened up again and then fringe, we were given the go-ahead fringe but it wasn't until literally like july that we were given a 100 wow. percent you know we, we had the the booking had rolled over basically our, our our venue had rolled over from the previous year so as long as nothing happened in terms of the scottish government basically saying we couldn't do it 
we were going so we were preparing for it and i mean the the, the experience fringe because it's for for me personally and for i think for a lot of our group because it's that it's a longer experience we're to, we lived together for two weeks essentially i mean that was really great and so much fun to perform also because you're not just doing a it's not a one-off performance where you know everything's riding on this performance it's it's a week worth of shows so you can have a lot more fun with it you can if it doesn't go according to plan one night that's a funny story to tell the next step then when in the next year when we're thinking about going again and we, you can have a lot more fun because you aren't competing you're just doing it for not for the sake of it obviously because we are there to put on a show but obviously it's yeah it was a much more freeing experience even though obviously the icca was great it's it you know we were there to felt more like we were in a specific like okay tunnel vision we're here to especially for our first for the quarters you know we're there to get through to the next round and we had a bit more of the freedom to have you know enjoy it at the finals because we weren't anticipating we weren't expecting to go any further but yeah fringe for me was and for, i would i would imagine a lot of the other group members would probably agree it's a bonding experience especially a bonding experience for the group that living together for two weeks is you get to know people very quickly in in some ways you probably don't anticipate <laughs> at the beginning i imagine yeah yeah i thought we'd get sick of each other by the end of it but we all just became so co dependent that uh, that we know by the end of it the idea of of not living together anymore was was quite sad katie you talked about laugh as an example but other festivals as well and i wonder how does the competition experience differ from the festival experience and and it's sort of similar to ollie and and the illuminations and and fringe versus a, a competition as well it seems like you some of the experiences of bonding and kind of having uh, the community-based connections that you talked about being a key part of mind the gap you can get either way so how are they similar or different from each other well, I wish I could answer that more extensively. I was the last member let in before the pandemic. So I didn't have, yeah, so Mind the Gap has specific terminologies. So we have a gapper, which is just a group member. And I was a bapper, which is a baby gapper. So I was a bapper that whole year, which I was very new to the whole competition scene and everything like that. And the couple trips that we went on were, we went to OSU to perform at a concert for one of their groups, Power Chord. And then we went to the Bend Acapella Festival. And that is just always such a fun experience because it's in our home state. There are a lot of groups that we know. That's actually where I met Mind the Gap in my high school choir group. So that's just, that was a special thing for me. But when competition is thrown into the mix, I think there's a little bit of unspoken like ooh who's this group who's that group kind of thing and there are definitely names thrown around that are more heightened than others i suppose but i wish i could answer that question in more depth but i just i love both of them <laughs> yeah absolutely kabir you talked about competitiveness being a key element of some of the group members who come in and that's part of what drives the competition experience and i wonder other than satiating that need for those folks what else is part of competition that's different for you from a, a collaborative or festival kind of an experience 
That is a great question. I would say the difference between how we like to compete versus like a festival. So the scene, the acapella scene on the East Coast, specifically the DMV area, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, it's very, it's not super like intense or like negative. I have a lot of friends in different acapella groups. I actually went to go see one of my friends at William & Mary, who's in No Ceiling, which is one another really competitive acapella group in Virginia. So it's always good vibes with everyone. But in terms of festivals, we don't really perform in festivals except for our own. So we actually host a competition called Richmond Rhythm here at VCU, which is the biggest competition in Virginia run by a college group. And we have groups from all over the state come and compete. But for us, it's more of a showcase because we're obviously not competing. So it's a bunch of our friends and family coming and just seeing us perform. And it's usually same atmosphere as a competition. We really try to emphasize that even though that we are very competitive and obviously we do want to win every single year, whenever we, you know, whether we get third place, fourth place, whatever it may be, we're always really excited and we're always really happy with what we've produced as a group. So it doesn't matter if we win or not, we'll always have like the loudest cheers of our own group. And uh, yeah, so when we perform during our festival, if you will, it's always just, you know, it was like, oh, let's go perform. Let's go sing. Because at the end of the day, like you join a competitive singing group to sing and perform. So I hope that answers your question. Do you feel like because of that, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of benefit that you feel like the group has gotten out of the showcase experience, uh, for example. And I wonder if that implies that there are opportunities to do more of those, uh, as opposed to with competition being kind of a primary focus. Is there a pro or con or benefit of having more showcase opportunities as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So there aren't many showcase opportunities for us just because we usually spend our time either practicing for competitions. There's a lot of competitions in Virginia that a bunch of schools like to host. So in terms of showcases, there's not many. And if we're not doing competitions, we're usually just gigging around the Richmond area. That's where our school is. So yeah, we would be maybe one of our members' moms needs a group to perform for their clients. And we'll do that at like a random hotel in Richmond. But in terms of pros and cons, I feel like there's not really many cons to doing showcases just because singing in front of crowds is just experience and the context doesn't really matter in my opinion it really just matters of just getting that experience and getting those nerves manageable enough to when you do compete not let those be a factor for you how do you and Ali, i'll direct this to you to kick off the kind of discussion around this how do you feel like competitions are structured to make it a better or less good experience for the people participating in them. So, you know, if you were going to sort of wave a magic wand and create a competition that was particularly good for the participants or not, what do you feel like are key aspects to think about there? Oh, that's quite an interesting question. I think, I don't know, I think how the ICCA is, is run, certainly from my experience of it, is really good. Like, as a performer, I mean, it's, it's an amazing opportunity, first of all. I mean, acapella is not exactly the most, it's, it's 
fairly niche, especially in the UK. You, so it's not every day that you get an opportunity to perform in front of 2,000 people, which is obviously what the UK is a, a West End theatre, which is amazing. And, and yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm trying. Obviously, it's a competition, so you, there's going to be that competitive element where that you might be more nervous than you would be for a regular show because there's a little bit more riding on it in terms of if you're in it to win it, you're competing against other groups. So there's there's that right. There's a little bit of rivalry. But I don't think there's really anything that I don't know if I were to design like the perfect competition. What I would do differently. I don't know. Maybe bigger dressing rooms and free snacks. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with free snacks for sure. That's always a winner. So one aspect that I think competitions vary widely on without sort of naming any names of specific competitions is the quality and nature of the feedback you get as a competing group. And I wonder if that is something that warrants some some scrutiny or reflection. Is that something that, you know, there are ways to make that better or worse, conceivably? I'm just trying to, I'm thinking back to, obviously, it's a bit of, a bit of I think the feedback for last year's was obviously that was slightly different because it was obviously a very different format and it was the first time it had been like that. So I think the feedback for that was, I also did, I think the, some of the feedback for that was they weren't sure what they were critiquing in terms of like, we weren't sure what also we would critiqued on, whether or not mm. they would be, what, what they would be looking for last year because it was obviously very new for everyone and, and a completely different experience. But in terms of well, the last time it was held in person, I think we got definitely, we got the feedback for the first round, which we were then able to work on for the finals and I think that was that was really really well done um so my experience of that has been pretty good and the feedback was very constructive and certainly helped us to improve uh, I think improve our, our sound for the final that's great Kabir thoughts on that yeah so in terms of feedbacks and competition scenarios I always like to tell my group to take it with a grain of salt just because like I said we just are a bunch of creative people who want to perform a song or a set so at the end of the day if you're happy with what you put out on stage doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. But like Ollie said, with last year, I was so different. We got to a point, since we were blessed to be able to be critiqued at finals, we were at a point where we were really, really happy with our product that we think it's just perfect and you know whatever <laughs> and some of the critiques we got were a lot of just subjective just like i didn't really like the vibe because if you haven't seen our video yet it was more going down the route of like a horror trailer situation we we <laughs> went more of a scary route with our video and some people don't like that and that's okay but that's what we like that's what we like to do so always take it with a grain of salt if it's technical stuff where it's like you know, pitch or blend obviously we should listen to that and keep an eye out for that or an ear out but yeah so the consensus just take it with a grain of salt be happy with what you perform yeah Katie, with Mind the Gap having done different competitions in different venues, like Bend and ICCA and other things as well, have you identified some things? And again, not without I'm not trying to you know point fingers at specific competitions one way or the other, but have you noticed things that either work better or worse across the competition experience? It really depends on the atmosphere that you're in, especially, you know, with the more local festivals or competitions, there are, I mean, people know each other more. Whereas on a wider scale, I think it's, I'm not trying to say that my local competitions are biased. I want to say that. Yeah. But I think the wider the span of where you're going for competition, the more diverse feedback you're going to get. Especially, you know, just meeting new people, new names, and just a different perspective. And I think that's really valuable. And that's definitely something we missed last year, not being able to compete in a broad span. Yeah. 
Well, and, and Kabir and Ali both kind of talked about the notion of the feedback, some in some cases being either subjective or general or n- not always being actionable for you as a group. Has that been your experience as well? Have you been able to take meaning and action from the kinds of feedback that you have gotten? Yeah, well, what Kabir was saying, I definitely agree that, you know, at the end of the day, if you're happy with your product, that's the most important thing. And I know that if I drill a note that my music director gave me, and I'm like, yes, I got that. That's already a win in my book. That is the biggest accomplishment. But the more technical things and the artistic perspectives that we get on the message and the theme of our set, it's harder to grasp in-house because we all have a very similar vision of what we want our set to be. And then we get these new set of eyes on them and we get different feedback like our set for laugh 2019-2020 had a focus on mental health and just growth and community. And I remember we got a note about our theme and it was totally off from that. And it was, everyone was like, well, did our theme just not come across? Is there something we need to add? How can we translate this better to our audience? And I think that feedback and even going back to the conversation of how can we improve the structure of competitions, really accentuating and diving into a theme of a competition, I think is really crucial to deliver the message that you want to while also bringing out the mission and the voice of your own group. You mentioned theming, and I want to just pick up on that really quickly. You know, some competitions provide a theme, right, as a part of the competition process. Does that additional structure is that helpful is that too constraining i mean what's your take on that i'm a big fan of structure and i think that's a very personal thing especially for music directors and presidents and just the creative vision within the group but i think reining it in to an extent where there are so many different ways you can go with it there are limitless permutations with set design costuming etc And I don't think it's too much of a limitation personally, but people could have different opinions on that. Yeah. And we will explore some of those different opinions after a short break. So stick with us. On the other side, we'll be talking about things like how are there ways maybe to more effectively break down competitions into smaller groups? There are ways they do it now, and maybe there are ways they could do it differently. And we're going to also talk about things like contingencies for COVID as groups are considering preparing for ICCAs and other competitions. So stick with us. We'll be right back. You probably know the Sing festivals across the world, but did you know they have a great radio show too? Every week, Sing Radio brings you amazing vocal harmonies from Canada and around the globe. Different styles, different genres, but it's all really, really good. Hear it each Friday at 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West, and again on Sundays at 3 p.m. East, noon West. Across the Commonwealth, Londoners can hear it Saturdays at 1 p.m., while those in Sydney can catch it Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. And we are back with our Final segment of this episode, we're talking with Ollie McDonald-Taylor from the Exeter Illuminations, Katie Leonard from University of Oregon's Mind the Gap, Kabir Ali from the VCU Ramifications, and we're talking about competition. Here again is your host, Aaron. 
Thanks, Rachel. Kabir, one thing that I think all three of you on the panel have talked about is this notion of using competition as an opportunity for getting to know other groups and kind of connecting in some ways. And I wonder if there are ways to do that more. You know, if there are opportunities to rejigger a competition to really even amp that up more. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I love the acapella community where I'm at. It is so not dramatic or there's no drama ever, or at least that I know of. But other ways to do that besides just seeing them at competitions in, again, in the DMV area, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia, there's a company called Cutoff Studios, and they host networking events called Lens. And if you all have heard of uh, NACC, how that's like, they do uh, an acapella convention. I believe this year it's in Florida. It's similar to that. It's uh, a bunch of workshops. Obviously, it's on a smaller scale, and, you know, each group gets to perform form at the end of it. And they started doing a lot of classes where people from different groups are working together. So that's another great way of, you know, meeting people and seeing what other groups are about. Other than that, we've had experiences pre-pandemic to do mixers with other groups. So we've done mixers with uh, a few groups from a school in Virginia called William & Mary, another school in Virginia called James Madison University with one of their groups, groups from University of Virginia and a few others where we just either they come to Richmond or we go to wherever they are and just hang out and get to know one another, perform for one another. So yeah, those are ways that our group gets to know other groups. Ollie, are there ways on the UK side of the ICCA at least, and, and this may be true in other competitions as well, you know, as you advanced through the ranks and eventually to the finals, you were certainly around a lot of other groups in that process, but there aren't always opportunities within the competition kind of venue and event to get that cross-pollination, that kind of meet and greet pieces. Are there structural things that you think might be helpful to make that better or encourage it more? That's a good question. I mean, most of the sort of the intergroup mingling and stuff like that happens at the after party, to be honest, right. for most competitions and, and things like that, which obviously is a great way to meet other groups and stuff. But in terms of the actual competitions themselves, my memory serves like from the ICCAs. Obviously, there was the the quarterfinal, our quarter regional finals was in Exeter, which was obviously very convenient for us. And we so we housed various different members who were coming from elsewhere in the Southwest. So the Bristol groups, who, so Bristol Suspensions, Academy and Pitch Fight, who we have quite good ties with. And so do the other Exeter groups, because the Exeter's got quite a few groups itself, the Semitoned and Sweet Nothings as well. So we all kind of obviously, we all help, we all, people stayed at our houses and ties through various different, through obviously different years and stuff like that. So that's always a, a good way to get to know the other groups and stuff. And then once we got to, I mean, as it progressed, through the competition there was less opportunities to kind of mingle with the other groups and i think also because covid was just starting to ramp up in when it got to the finals last time it was held in person i think they did kind of limit we, we did kind of limit our mingling yeah. a little bit but not much i was kind of there was just wasn't the time we got to the i think they had a very strict like you do your tech run and your sound check and then you're in you're out we brief overlap and a bit of maybe a chat on to whoever was coming next but most of the of the socializing we did was sort of like 
afterwards and in in, where, in the for the quarterfinals when they came and stayed when we sort of like put them up on sofas and right. stuff does that feel like so, a missed yeah. opportunity to you i mean i i, I think there, def, there definitely could be more of an opportunity maybe like i don't know before things start to get to know everyone i i, I don't know i think it, a lot of the groups when it was i was in my first year and a lot of the groups kind of had these pre-existing relationships from previous years like all the organization of people coming to stay with us our members who had houses was all kind of through previous years of them getting to know each other not just at the ICCAs but obviously Edinburgh Fringe is a massive thing for groups next to not not just the next year groups all over the UK most groups go and do a run at Fringe yeah. that's a big big socializing opportunity for different groups and it, it was this year for us as well we got to know obviously because we missed that at the ICCAs this year right. so it was very big meeting other groups so we you know groups from Durham obviously not all the groups managed to to do that this year but you know all groups from all over the country kind of coming together and that's in less of a competition setting so that was kind of easier you know easier to mingle people are less nervous and stuff like that but i think i think if they had like a little sort of mixer beforehand that might be quite a cool idea yeah katie you know ollie kind of touched on the notion of anxiety and the stakes the feeling of stakes being a part of the competition experience sometimes maybe getting in the way a little bit of some of the connection and collaboration opportunities at least until it's all over are there ways to bake some of that in earlier without kind of getting everyone on their last nerve do you think yeah anxiety and i are good friends so yeah i definitely (laughs) have an experience with that before shows i think it's definitely you get all ramped up for your performance and the connection between your set and your group that's mainly the focus i think in a larger format for a festival or competition spanning multiple days i think it might be more accessible to have a quote-unquote mixer or something like that i think looking back the biggest connections or the most memorable connections i make are usually before right before the show backstage you know having those little side conversations and it's definitely hard to schedule that for sure but i definitely would enjoy a more formal way of getting to know groups especially coming back from covid i think that could be a big utilization of resources yeah that's a good point yeah i just wanted to touch on the anxiety or maybe stage fright of competitions in acapella so actually one of our members steph lyons he has really bad stage fright but he's gone outstanding soloist at ICCAs like a billion times it seems like but he's had really bad stage fright and what he told me what helps him is what our group does we call them compliment circles so basically what happens that everyone gets in a circle either in like a green room or like backstage or you know the day before the competition or the last rehearsal before a competition and we basically get in a big circle and then each person gets in the middle of the circle and if anyone has anything nice to say about them or something that they notice that they do to help the group overall they we just get to highlight that and it's like all love all positive vibes and that really helps our group bond get stronger and you know right before we do like obviously we do like a group puddle and we just go like i love you and it's all just positive vibes so before we get on stage there's a lot of just i'm performing with my really good friends or best friends and we're just going to put on a great show and another thing i really like to mention is that it's just acapella which might be a little (laughs) might be a little taboo but yeah like it's at the end of the day this competition is not a make or break deal for anyone in our group although it might be nice for some of the vocal performance majors or people who want to do or competition stuff 
in their actual career post-college for them to have it on their resume or whatever. At the end of the day, how we place at ICC or any other competition, it doesn't really matter. So we just like to go out there and just do the best we can. And if we mess up, we mess up and that's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, similar to what Katie was saying earlier, like we're at Exeter, you know, it's a university. So we have people who do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I myself, I do biochemistry, but I do, I have done lots of, you know, I've always done lots of drama and, 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 and singing and stuff. So that's always been part of my, always been part of my life. We have members who they've maybe done choirs and stuff before coming to uni, but this is their first performance opportunity. And so we had, there's such a potential for, you know, big old rabbit in headlights moment when you start, especially I remember when we were at the new Wimbledon, which is what the, the big theatre that the final was at. And obviously that's a lot of people, especially if you aren't used to, it wouldn't necessarily call yourself a performer. You are obviously a very competent singer, but maybe not be performing, especially to that amount of people. And I remember our RMD said to us, you know, a very similar thing, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a cappella. You know, we're here, we do this because we enjoy it and we love singing and we're with our best mates. And I remember really vividly that he said basically, go out there and don't forget to have fun because you don't want to get to the end of it and go, oh, actually, I didn't enjoy that because I spent all my time worrying about it. Right, right. Enjoy the moment. And I think that's a really important thing with any any performance, but especially especially a competition. You can get so in your head about, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, and you forget to enjoy it, and then it'll come to the end of it, and you'll, you won't really remember having fun or enjoying it, and you might regret that. So just always live in that moment and breathe, breathe in that audience. Katie? Yeah, speaking of what Ollie was just talking about, something that my president did last year and that I've started to implement is right before our one showcase of the year, our spring showcase that we had to do over Zoom. And it was such a weird experience having like Zoom (laughs) fright, you know, instead of stage fright. Like there's no one there, but you're still like, ah! She handed us out little little love notes, each personal things. And I keep mine right here on my desk just to read from time to time because I look to her as a mentor. But she knows how to bring out the emotion in us because there was not a dry eye backstage. And I think just tapping into why you're doing this, who you're with, just really is such a powerful tool to really bring the group together and combine that energy to bring such a powerful performance. And that's something that I'm really excited to grow this year with new and old members and just growing that connection, I think, is what competition is all about, because it's all about that pinnacle moment backstage, and then you go on and bring the house down. Is there a risk of competition sucking the fun out because of that anxiety and that kind of stakesness feel of it, do you think? Yeah, I see some head nods, and I'm going to have to agree. I mean, that's why I think showcases, I like both, but I think showcases are the lower stakes. I believe Laugh had some sort of, there was some sort of competition element to it, but it wasn't a primary competition. And I remember so vividly the squeak of my new shoes on stage during our set. And I was like, oh, that was so loud. (laughs) And that threw me off, but I had to regain composure. And I think if I had done that in a less competition setting, that would have been nothing to me. But 
Yeah, I think just even the different sort of vibe going on at a competition versus a showcase is impactful towards the group and the entire atmosphere. Yeah. Ali, you you were nodding vociferously during much of what Katie was saying just there. What is your thought about the evaporation of fun in a competition setting? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you can still have fun in a competition, but it is a lot easier to forget to have fun when you're doing when the stakes on especially if you are a competitive person because you can get carried away and i know myself i'm a little bit of a competitive person um so that can be a bit of a you can get a bit carried away with that and it's also it's that thing normally with you know if it's a festival or something like that or if you're doing a run you've got multiple opportunities to get it right you know and if you met you know mess up a bit of choreo one one evening it's not the end of the world because you'll get it the next because you're so you can be so i know i'm myself like choreo is always slightly you know not my finest area so i'm always you know very what have i messed this up what have i messed this up because you know that it's more about not wanting to let other people down as well because you know you're in it together and you don't want to be the person who lets the side down but i definitely think that the the key to competitions and stuff is to remember to have fun we do do this because we enjoy it absolutely kabir you know the context for all of this obviously as a backdrop is covid and the pandemic and kind of the uncertainty around that right now and i wonder you have talked about ramping up already and and having a lot of groundwork laid for a competition season for the group what's plan b f t and z i mean you know are there backup strategies yeah so for whatever reason if we end up not doing um again i'd be very very surprised if that doesn't happen Um, there's been talk about recording an album we haven't released one since before i was even in the group so been long overdue that's something we've been interested in and that gets to showcase um, a lot of the arrangers in our group but that's that's basically plan b but if that ends up not working because obviously gathering funds for an album is not the easiest for an acapella group in college if not that then just sing and have fun because that's all we signed up for. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, we get to do final concerts at the end of each semester. So those are always fun to look forward to. And if that's all we get to look forward to, that makes my job a lot easier. But yeah, that's those are kind of our backup plans for our yearly goals and stuff. But the main goal is to do well in ICCAs and maybe record an album if we have time. Nice. Katie, how, how about for you? I, I mean, you've already talked about maybe not committing all the way, but it sounds like you're getting ready to pull the ripcord on not doing competition this year, at least not ICCA. What's the focus then? I mean, you talked about it being kind of a rebuilding year for the group and, it, and its culture and its sound. What does that mean in terms of where you put your focus? Yeah, we just had our summer fall retreat actually just... Just last week and we took the time to all sit down and say what do we want to get out of this group this year like COVID or not like what do we want to get out and the big thing that everyone talked about was just doing something impactful that was something that was talked about last year but really just making this group at this time heard and known. And like Kabir was saying, we definitely want to do some recording. Our last recording that was released was the ICCA set the year before I joined the group. So 2018-2019 Genesis, if you want to stream it on Spotify. But yeah, just definitely there was a lot of trial and error from COVID year. So we know what works. We know what doesn't. There's definitely a lot of Zoom fatigue. If classes do go remote again. We definitely want to figure out a format that works for everyone that 
doesn't require people muting and just hearing random spurts of sound because that's not really a rehearsal (laughs) not a good one anyway not very productive yeah so i think the biggest thing that we're focusing on is doing work that is productive and long-lasting in our group's growth whatever that may look like yeah. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so grateful to everyone for participating and sharing, you know, your experience and what your plans are. Thank you so much to Kabir Ali from the VCU Ramifications, Katie Leonard from the University of Oregon's Mind the Gap, and Ali McDonald-Taylor from the Exeter Illuminations. And tune in again next week when we will be talking about inclusion in barbershop. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.